Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Monday, February 28th. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and you can find me as usual on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed, R-E-I-D, 3-4, underscore Reed, 3-4 on Twitter. This is a sports ethos presentation as usual, and if you're not already following us, there are two accounts on Twitter I highly recommend you check out. One is Ethos Wagering. You can get daily updates, thoughts, comments, free plays throughout the day there. And also, if you're a fantasy basketball fan, I highly suggest you follow us at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed out there. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed constantly throughout the day. Faster than the competition, it provides more analysis too. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. I'm going to do a quick recap of uh, the weekend in college. It was a crazy weekend. On Saturday, we had an unprecedented day in NCAA history where the top six teams, top six ranked teams, all lost uh, in upsets. And there were a couple others throughout the weekend, but a crazy day. To start off, we saw, not to start off, at the end of the day, but I'll just go in the uh, order of the rankings. Number one, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. They were 10.5 point favorites. They lost 67-57. The number 23 St. Mary's will definitely move up the uh, polls this week in there. And that. Uh, Also on the West Coast, we saw number two Arizona go to Colorado and lose 79-63. They came in 9.5 point favorites. Earlier in the day, we saw Auburn, number three Auburn travel to number 17 Tennessee. Tennessee was actually two and a half point favorite and they won by five. They won 67-62. So not a huge upset. But it's interesting to note Auburn is a much better team at home than on the road. So is that going to hurt them come tournament time when they'll be on the road for every game? Uh, We saw number four Purdue traveled to Michigan State where they were a four and a half point favorite and they lost by three. 68-65 to Sparty. Kansas traveled to Baylor. Now Kansas is number five. Baylor was number 10. Baylor was a two and a half point favorite and they won by five. So not an upset, uh, but still a big win for Baylor in the Big 12. They won 80 to 70. Then we saw number six, Kentucky, travel to Arkansas. Kentucky's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and they lost by two. Uh, Arkansas being ranked number 18, they won 75-73 at home. So six top six teams all upset. Now, granted, four of them were by teams also ranked in the top 25, but still some pretty big surprises in there. Uh, We saw number seven, Duke, break that string. They uh, traveled to Syracuse. They were seven-and-a-half-point favorites and won easy, 97-72. Uh, Texas Tech, ninth-ranked Texas Tech, traveled to TCU. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites, and they lost by three. The Horned Frogs pulled out a 69-66 win. And we saw Creighton travel to Providence, Providence, number 11 Providence, trying to win their first Big East regular season title, and they did it with ease. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites. They won 72-51. Later in the evening, we saw number 12 UCLA, Traveled to a woeful Oregon State. They were 12 and a half point favorites and they won by 40. 4 0. 95 to 50. Saw so number 13, uh, Wisconsin traveled to the rack at Rutgers. They were two and a half point underdogs. Um, Rutgers has played great at home, some huge wins, but they couldn't pull it out today or uh, on Saturday. Sorry, Wisconsin won 66 61. 14th rank Houston was at home to SMU. 11.5 point favorites. They won and covered 75-61. Um, that was on Sunday, actually. Also on Sunday, we saw the number 15th Illinois, number 15 Illinois Illini travel to Michigan, where they're one and a half point favorites, and they won easy 93-85 over the Wolverines. Number 16 USC traveled to Oregon. 
where they won 70 to 69. So squeaked out a one point win there. Interesting thing with UCLA is, or pardon me, Oregon, they've been playing a lot better lately, uh, which they need to to get in the tournament. So a one point loss to USC is no shame. And they beat UCLA two days earlier on Thursday. So a good weekend for the Ducks. Number 19, Murray State Racers. Went to Southeast Missouri State with their 11.5 point favorites. They pulled out a two point win, 70 to 68. So, good win for Missouri State, um, but an impressive showing by Southeast Missouri State. Sorry, good win for Murray State, uh, but an impressive win for, or impressive showing for Southeast Missouri State. Number 20, Texas traveled to West Virginia with their three and a half point favorites, and they pulled out a one point win, 82 81. And then the final ranked team playing on Saturday was Alabama, number 24, Alabama. They won at home and covered 90-71 to 71 over South Carolina. Uh, on Sunday, we also saw number 21, UConn, travel to Georgetown. They were up easy. Um, they were 11.5-point favorites. They ended up winning 86-77. So one but didn't cover Georgetown, who's having a terrible year, uh, put up a bit of a fight in the end. And then we saw number 22, Ohio State, get upset at Maryland. Did not see this one coming. Ohio State is a three and a half point favorite. They've been playing really well. Had a win uh, at Illinois earlier in the week. They lost this one 70 to 65 to Maryland, who I don't think Maryland has a chance to make the tournament unless they go out and win the Big Ten. Uh, but that was a bit of a surprise to me. So number of upsets, obviously the top six upsets, a uh, number of other uh, close games, teams that didn't cover. What does all this mean? All the upsets in the top six and, what, seven teams in the top ten getting upset. I don't think it means a whole lot at this time of the year. Um, some interesting things to note. As I said, Auburn can't seem to win or play all that well away from home. That could hurt them come tournament tournament time. Oregon, who's not ranked but playing really well lately. Um, they're looking to make a push uh, under Dana Altman to get into the tournament. They could be a team that gets a low seed but should be someone to watch. Providence, impressive this year. Winning the Big East, a lot of people have been saying they've been lucky, but in my books, you got to be good to be lucky. So they've been pulling out some close games, but they're doing it, um, and they don't seem to be faltering. Duke seems to be rolling again, walked over Syracuse easy. Um, the Ohio State upset at Maryland was a bit of a surprise because I thought Ohio State had a fair bit of momentum going into the end of the season and in the Big Ten tournament. Um, still think they're a tournament team, definitely a tournament team, uh, but that was a bit of a shocker losing and losing so easily uh, at Maryland. So, interesting weekend in NCAA. Um, tournaments are starting this week. We have the Northeast Conference tonight. I'll get to the one game in that tournament. Um, the smaller conferences are going this week. If you listened to my show last Friday, where I kind of broke down how the tournaments work on a strategy session and what to look for, a lot of the smaller conferences and some of the mid-majors starting this weekend. And then the bigger mid-majors and the big six conferences have their tournaments starting next week. So that was a quick recap of the NCAA in the weekend. And we're going to get right into the NBA boards board tonight. Seven games, some interesting ones that have caught my eye. Uh, we have the Pacers traveling to Orlando, Indiana, plus two and a half, the total 233. I actually like Orlando in this spot. I'm going to be on Orlando uh, at home laying two and a half points. I just think they're the better team. Uh, more depth. And Indiana with Sabonis gone. Not really sure what they're going to be uh, the rest of the way. I like Orlando at home. Next game of the night sees Minnesota travel to Cleveland. Minnesota's a three-point favorite. Uh, on the road, minus three, total 218. Uh, I would lean Minnesota here. Uh, my model has this game uh, out of pick'em, but Cleveland is missing Darius Garland. 
Um, also, um, short, short, basically all of their guards, uh, point guards, not all their guards, sorry, their point guards. Um, and they're just a different team without Garland in the mix. And Rajon Rondo got traded there. He's out as well. Um, going to be tough. And the way Carl Anthony Towns is playing and the way the Minnesota is playing, I like Minnesota. Uh, it's just tough taking them on the road. I would definitely, it's a hard lean on Minnesota, but don't think I'm going to be on it. Uh, the third game of the night, I am going to be on. Chicago travels to Miami. Miami's a four and a half point favorite. Total 222. Notable absence for Miami is Kyle Lowry is out for personal reasons. And I, while I like Miami in this game, this is really a battle of two of the powers in the East. I don't like them laying uh, two possessions here. If it were two and a half, maybe three, I could see taking Miami. But at minus four and a half, I'm going to be on the Bulls. On the road, uh, but I like the way they're playing. Levine is back. DeSumo is playing well. Uh, he's not a replacement for Ball, but he's doing a good job while he's there. And DeMar DeRozan obviously has been playing lights out this year. So uh, I'm going to be on the Bulls tonight. Next game is the Raptors traveling to Brooklyn for a first in a back-to-back set. Uh, they play tonight in Brooklyn. Then I think it's Wednesday. They play back in Toronto. Raptors are four-point favorites. Total 217. My model is right on 217. It's so not touching that total. Um, I'm, I would actually lean the Raptors here if Freddie Van Vliet is playing. He's listed as, listed as questionable. OG Ananobi is out. If he plays, uh, I'd be on the Raptors. If he doesn't, I'm, this game's a stay away from me. Uh, Brooklyn obviously doesn't have Kyrie because they're at home. Durant is not back, although he's expected back this week, which is good news for sure. And Simmons uh, is still out. Uh, Sat out all year, got traded, and now he's got back problems. Um, Strange, strange, strange news around that guy, no no matter what happens with him. Uh, The next game, we see Charlotte travel to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a 10.5 point favorite, total 238.5. I don't get this line. Um, Both teams are fairly healthy. And I think... Charlotte should be able to hold this to one, maybe two possessions. Uh, my model's got about four and a half, Milwaukee by four and a half. So I am on Charlotte here, catching 10 and a half points on the road. Next game tonight is San Antonio, Memphis. Memphis is favored as they should be by eight and a half, total 237 and a half. I'd like Memphis up to about six, six and a half. So laying eight and a half is a little much. San Antonio has just been all over the map. I think they're already looking towards next year, but they do have the ability to keep the games, some games close. So I like Memphis. I like Memphis a lot, but just not laying that many points. Laying that many points. Last game tonight is Sacramento laying five on the road at Oklahoma. Total 227. Um, OKC is, both teams are playing for next year. Uh, OKC has been rather dreadful. I'm actually... Um, leaning this is a heavy lean towards Sacramento. I just don't like five laying, laying five points in the road. If this were three, three and a half, I'd be looking at it. I still may look at it and watch this line closely up until tip off. Uh, I'm on the Sacramento side for sure. Um, but at five, it's probably a stay away. If it gets down to three and a half, I'd probably take it. Maybe four, I'd look at it. So again, I'm on Orlando minus two and a half hosting the Pacers. I am on Chicago catching four and a half at Miami. And I'm on Charlotte uh, catching 10 and a half at Milwaukee. So three games in the association. We turn over to the NCAA where there are, I think there's 17 games, in co- 19 games in college tonight. A um, couple interesting ones that caught my eye. One is UMass travels to Fort, uh, Fordham. 
And you, um, Fordham is a one and a half point favorite. Total one thirty eight and a half. I'm actually on Fordham at minus one and a half, and I'm on the over of one thirty eight and a half. Um, these two A ten teams are sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. Not a lot to play for. They'll obviously be in the conference tournament, but uh, right now Fordham sits at six and nine in the A10, which is in ninth place. UMass is five and ten, uh, tied for tenth. Uh, some interesting numbers as far as three-point shooting. Fordham is not very good in this. Twenty-nine point five percent from three, which is the three hundred and forty-first in the country. But UMass is the three hundred and thirty-first worst defensive team against three-pointers. So if Fordham does have any chance, they might have to score a few three-pointers. Not not if they have any chance, but if they have a, uh, a chance to run up the score. And I don't think UMass can stop it. On the flip side. UMass shoots the three ball really well, 38.2%, which is the 12th best in the country. But Fordham defends quite well. They're the 58th best team defending it. And for UMass, it amounts to 39.8% of their points come from the three ball, which I think is about in the top 40 of the country. So they really rely on a three point. But Fordham has the ability to run teams off the line and protect against that. An interesting stat, though, is... And I always find this interesting. Uh, Fordham is a very good three-point shooting team, but how are they such a bad two-point shooting team? They only hit 46.2% of their shots from inside the arc, which is a 200th, number 200 in the country, while Fordham is above average in defending. They're the 116th best defending the two ball. So they shoot a lot of threes, UMass does. They hit them, but Fordham can defend it, and they are not good inside the arc, but Fordham defends that as well. Um, So I thought that was interesting. And then as far as adjusted efficiency on offense... Uh, you have UMass as the 57th best team, but Fordham's the 47th best defensive team. And the flip side of that, Fordham is above average, but not great, but above average in adjusted efficiency uh, on offense at the 119th best team. And UMass is the 340th on defense. So not very good defending. Um, I think this, I, I'm surprised that this spread was as tight as it is. Uh, I thought it would have been more like three or four. Uh, and when I look at the analytical models that I like to track, uh, Ken Palm has Fordham minus four, total 144. Torvik has minus, uh, Fordham minus 5.6, total 143. And Jeff Sagrin's system has uh, a closer game at Fordham minus one, total 143.6. So they're all well over the 138.5, so I'm definitely on the over. And I just like Fordham uh, at home laying this short number of minus 1.5. So as we roll down the boards, there's some other interesting games. Uh, Syracuse is at UNC. Two god-awful defenses. Uh, UNC is favored by an 8.5, total 156.5. Uh, I don't, I'm not on this game at all. I like North Carolina to win. I just think laying 8.5 points. Uh, Syracuse is a team that basically, I think, counts down the clock when they're on defense to get the ball back and just run. And they love to shoot, Bayhan brothers love to shoot their threes. They can put up points and they can put up a lot of points. So laying 8.5 is a little too many for me. I think North Carolina wins. Uh, 156 and a half in the total. That's a big number. And North Carolina's been playing a little smarter, a little better defense at home. 
For them, for this game to go over, I think the Bayheims have to be hitting threes, which they can. North Carolina's defense has to disappear, which it can. Uh, but I don't know that both those things happen. So if anything, I would lean to the under uh, and maybe take Syracuse at plus eight and a half, but not on this game really at all. Uh, in the Big Ten, North, Northwestern travels to Iowa. Iowa is 10 and a half point favorites. 151 is a total. Iowa is always tough to beat at home, but 10 and a half points is a little bit too many for me to lay. Total 151, Iowa scores a lot of points at home. If anything, I would lean the over here, um, but really stay away from me. At 9 p.m. these, we have the, probably the game of the night. Baylor is minus one and a half. They travel to Texas, total 135. Uh, I, had, I was looking at this, taking Baylor, um, but I, I don't know. The Big 12 on the road, anything can happen. Baylor's the better team. Baylor's been playing well. They've got some injuries lately. Uh, uh, this is a stay away from me. If I, if I had to lean one way or the other, I would take Baylor, uh, but it's tough this late in the season. Uh, backing backing a, a, what backing a team in the road in the Big 12 uh, when they are favored. Uh, we move down 9 p.m. is probably the second best game of the night. San Diego State is at Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming is laying a point there, catching a point and a half at home, which you rarely see. And the total is 130. I'm actually on this game with Wyoming plus one and a half at home. Uh, and here's some interesting stats. As far as adjusted efficiency, um, well, sorry, as far as two-point shooting is what I, what I was looking at. Uh, Wyoming is the 13th best team in the country at 56.4%. But San Diego State is very good at defending. They're the seventh best. They only allow 43.1%. But the flip side is what I found to be interesting. San Diego State shoots 47.3 from inside the arc. The 268th uh, team in the country. So well below average. While Wyoming defends fairly well, they're the 151st best team, so slightly above average in in uh, defending the three ball. And the difference here for me, there's two things. First of all, going to Wyoming at elevation is a very hard place to win. Uh, they have a huge home court advantage. And then as far as free throw percentage go, Wyoming shoots 72.8 from the charity stripes, which is 133rd in the country. So above average, not fantastic, but above average. Well, San Diego State shoots 69.5%, which is 249, well below average. So I think Wyoming is the better team. Uh, I think Wyoming at home gets an advantage, and I think that free throw percentage and San Diego State struggles to shoot uh, from inside the arc all just lead me to Wyoming, and they're catching a point and a half. I think even if Wyoming were favored by one, one and a half, I'd probably be on them. So happy to catch the point uh, with them at home. Uh, out west at the end of the night, we have uh, two big games, 11 p.m. Eastern. We have UCLA traveling to Washington. The Bruins find themselves eight-point favorites, total 139.5. I think UCLA wins this, but Washington's been playing better at home. If I had to take a side here, I'd actually take Washington plus eight um, against the Bruins. I'm not on this game, but I definitely like Washington. And then Washington State travels to Oregon State. Washington State on the road is minus eight. Total 137 at Oregon State. Uh, I'm not on this game. If I were, I'd be on Washington State, actually. Oregon State was brutal to start the season. Then they seemed to wake up in late January, played a few games decent, and then they seemed to have packed it in again. So they're just looking for this year. In my opinion, they're just looking for this year to end. Uh, so I would be on the Cougs there for sure, catching or laying eight points on the road if I had to take a side. Now, the one game that I am on is... In the um, the one tournament game for 
The one tournament game that is uh, starting tonight is the Northeast Tournament, and it's a play-in game between Central Connecticut State and Farley Dickinson. Now, this is a very interesting game, I think. Farley Dickinson is laying four and a half points at home, and the total is 138. I'm actually on FDU minus four and a half, and I'm on the total of 138. So these two teams met twice already on January 30th at Farley Dickinson. The home team won 75 to 55, so a total of 130. And then February 5th, so a few weeks ago, at Central Connecticut State, with again the home team winning 91-82 in overtime, so a total of 173. And these two teams, uh, well, the Ken Palm rankings of 358 D1 schools, FDU's ranked 346th, and Central Connecticut State is ranked 349. They are not good on offense. They are not good on defense. Not a lot of highlights, uh, re- really, for either team. I just think the fact that FDU is at home, they've been playing a little bit better lately. In the two games they played, the total... Well, it was 130 and 173. I just think in an elimination game like this, um, neither team's going to be giving up. doesn't matter if they're down 10 or 15 with a minute or two left. They're going to be fouling. They're going to be trying everything they they can to get back in the game. And I think you'll see that uh, result in additional points. And I think Farley Dickinson is just a little bit better team, especially playing at home. And the the way the uh, Northeast tournament works is right now FDU sits in eighth. And Central Connecticut sits in ninth, but Merrimack is not eligible for the tournament until 2024. So technically, FDU seventh, uh, Central Connecticut State is eighth, and they're basically pardon me eighth and ninth, and they're basically playing off uh, for the right to have the last spot in the tournament, which starts in two days. So for the NEC tournament, the first play-in game, Central Connecticut State is plus four and a half at FDU. I've got FDU minus four and a half. And the total going over 138. And what I think will be an exciting game, sure, it's two bad teams, but I think uh, Farley Dickinson being at home and having a slight advantage offensively, and I think I think they'll be able to pull out the win, and I think they'll be uh, both teams will be able to score some points as they're scrambling late in the game to win this elimination game, so the total should go over. Uh, in the NHL, very short slate tonight, just three games. Toronto travels to Washington. The Leafs, after their 10-goal outburst on Saturday, find themselves the favorite, minus 140 at Washington, plus 120. Uh, The Canucks travel to Jersey. The Canucks are underdogs. You can get them at plus 105, Jersey at minus 125. And the final game of the night has Boston as the favorite at minus 125, traveling to the Kings at plus 105. I'd actually like uh, the, the Capitals... At home, plus 120. I know the Leafs had a big outburst, scoring 10 goals on Saturday. Um, But they've been struggling. Their goaltending has not been good lately. And taking Washington at home, I'm happy to take the caps there. Uh, I also like the Canucks on the road at plus money. Plus 105. They've been playing better lately. And New Jersey is a very inconsistent team. So there's probably a fair bit of... I think there's a fair bit of value at the Canucks at plus 105. And the Bruins and the Kings, the end of that, not going to touch that game. That's just too close to call for me. So uh, before I go, though, I do want to mention uh, a new partner we have here at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend uh, you go check out Thrive Fantasy. You prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ethos, that's E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. 
plus either two or four free game tickets to play. You basically pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when the props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize. If you're looking for prop information, uh, check out our Ethos DFS team. We have a regular podcast, gives fantastic daily basketball DFS lineup information, and obviously helps you with the props. So again, check out Thrive, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, on their mobile app, or go to thrivefantasy.com and use the code ethos when signing up. Also, I'm sure you've heard me talk many times about our buddies at mybookie.ag. When you sign up there, if you're looking for another sports book, use the code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses. And finally, manscaped.com. You can use the code hoopball20, that's hoopball20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order and free shipping. So, a uh, quick recap of the NCAA weekend in the craziness leading up to March Madness. One day left in February, and then it is the fun time begins of March in college basketball. Uh, a few games in the NBA. I think I'm on three tonight. Uh, a few in the in college ranks. And like I said, in the, on the ice, I actually like the Caps at plus 120, and I like the Canucks at plus 105. So, hopefully you got some uh, interesting takes. Hopefully you enjoy the night in sports, and we will catch you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.